Hey everybody, welcome back to The Producers. This week's episode, Harrison, you're going to learn a lot about Harrison. Um, and I know this because I did too. Uh, Harrison, Harrison isn't, as far as I know, isn't very active on social media, so there's not many plugs there. Here are the plugs. Riot, 8 o'clock. His team, Resident Ghost, performs first and third Saturdays. My team, Detective, performs second and fourth. And so many of my other friends and guests of the show perform too, so go see every Riot show. Just do that. That sounds like a good way to plug it. Uh, Producers cast, RVA Comedy, Orbital Music Park. You guys know the plugs. Those are the social meds. Those are the websites. Those are the... uh, Way to find some really cool stuff in Richmond. Um, yeah, let's just get into it. Oh, before I forget, my friend Tom. Tom. Tom Sype. Three, three, three times he's been on the show. Talked about music a lot of them. He is ramping up his uh, mashup game. He's really putting some, some good stuff out there. So I really want to uh, support him. So uh, his YouTube is DJ Skinoy, S-E. N-O-I. So make sure you go check that out and keep him honest because he said he's going to be posting more and we all know how, what that means. So uh, I really I really want to see more of him because he's such, so talented and a uh, big fan of his work. So make sure you check him out. Um, he's also on Instagram at Skinoy and I think his Twitter is Skinoy1217. Anyway, you all know I love I love Tom So and his, I love his music. So uh, we're going to go ahead and get to one of his mashups. He told me which one it is. Let's see if I can pull it up in an appropriate amount of time to keep talking and explaining what I'm doing. Um, 52. Watching as I fall. So let's go ahead and get into what. Let's go ahead and watch him fall, and then we'll get right into the episode. Harrison. That's right. He's on. He's the episode. I mentioned it for two seconds. Um, but anyway, uh, thanks for listening. Whoa. Here you go. Excuse me while I kiss the sky. Sing a song of sixpence, pocket full of lies. Thinking I'm okay, but they're saying otherwise. Tell me how I look, but can't look me in the eyes. Watching as I say this and then I do that. Telling them the old words, but in a new rap. Then I change my mind up and make them lose track. Shit, I'm inconsistent, I thought you knew that. Maybe I should be more grateful that I had to watch it all come undone. Hold it so tight to the edge is painful, but I can't ignore it. I know that watching as I fall, staring as I go, I gave until my soul hurt. I never told them so. Watching as I fall, somewhere down. I don't know if I like this one. This one? That one's you. We can do, we can also bring this. I feel like this is a little more relaxed. Yeah, do whatever. I mean, I feel like um, this is whatever lighting you're saying, but the first thing that struck me was like a saloon. (laughs) An old timey saloon. I need the wall, the wood paneling, and the lighting is what's solid. (laughs) I need to get like uh, the swinging doors. Swinging doors, yeah. On that right there. That'd be cool. Oh man. Yeah, so get, get it like right comfortable, find a nice comfortable spot. Uh, the closer, the better. It'll make your voice sound better when you're closer, and I can okay. always lower it. I'm, I'm a lean forward kind of person, you're lean so forward? this is probably good. I use, I, so normally, I would put them here to get them out of the way, so that mm-hmm. we could like, have a conversation. But I noticed that the quality was suffering, especially on like my microphone. Mm-hmm. So I usually try to lean back, but then I'll do a lot of lean forwarding. 
I'm um, gonna lean forward, but if I put it low enough, then I won't obstruct anything. That that was my that was my my point. I was like, you gotta lower that a little bit so I can at least see your face. Yeah. And the candle is uh, optional, but it smells nice, like you said, and kind of adds no pop filter. Trying to get it up a little. Ooh, okay. Uh, let me see. Yeah, it's hooked under here. I'll just yeah. get it up a little higher. It it's honestly that's the best I could do. That's cool. Yeah, that should work. I like these. They're really cool. The arms, the arms, the arms are what win people over. The arms, they're like, uh, oh, this is a real studio. Like it's if it was just you got an arm, you got it. If it was just a mic and a mic, like the standing, then you'd be like, oh, whatever. But. Is there any like test? Nope. Oh. I just roll with it. Whatever, whatever it sounds like. Is there, do say something. Hello. Oh fuck! It's not getting yours. Mm. All right, pause. All right, is it button. is it flashing? Yeah. Okay, you don't want it flashing. Yeah. So I hit it. Oh, now it's better. Oh. I hit it once and it was still flashing. But now you probably hear me. Good thing you know, good thing you saw the the flat line on your end. Yeah. You're not All gonna right. get that's the, that's the best you're gonna get the pop filter. That's the best. Cool. Because cool. the closer I bring it, yeah, it's just these are not the best pop filters. Mm-hmm. All right. So what's in the back? All right, I didn't know when you wanted to reveal it. But I was like, I do have it. I assume it's an, a drink, and I feel like I could go for one after. Today. So I don't know anything about the podcast, but I do know <laughs> that since Dan's podcast and it told to me by Chris, you gotta bring a drink. <laughs> so I brought my favorite Svedka, which is pineapple pa- or <laughs> mango pineapple. Pineapple pango. Mineapple. Mineapple Svedka is my favorite. Uh, I drink it straight. Oh, oh, how generous of you. I, I brought I brought these little things if you need it. <laughs> let's, let's use yours. They're, they're these little tiny mini wine, plastic wine glasses. That I started to be more prepared with things here. Yeah, once people started bringing stuff. Once I realized it was a trend. So, But this is my favorite, but I don't have much of it. Is and it this I found drink? in Michigan, and it just looked ridiculous. <laughs> and it's blue raspberry. You're a big Svedka guy. Yeah, I love Svedka. I like does it, vodka. Does it taste bad? I haven't tried it. Oh, it's a good time to try it, right? Yeah. I okay. don't have any mixers if you, th- you no, said you well, take it straight. Here's the thing. Uh, this, my favorite part about college was this because I wouldn't drink it with mixers. You could bring like just this and just chug a little bit at a time. It's really strong because it's just vodka almost with I think 10 less proof or something. But All right. <laughs> that's how I'd go. I mean, I, uh, yes, and let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Is that I a problem say, sometimes? I uh, so after this after this episode, I don't like. I hate to break the fourth wall, but Pete's coming over later to do his episode, mm-hmm. so I might be trashed for his episode. I don't mean I don't. Ugh, I don't plan to get you trashed. <laughs> That's usually what some people like to do. That oh well, it. no. There's yeah. episode fifty two. Mm. Just you can just sip it. We don't yeah, have to yeah, take yeah. a shot. That's not as bad as I thought it would be. No, that's why I drink it straight. Oh, it's cold. And that one's cold. I put in the. Freezer. I can put this in the freezer if you'd like, but I also feel like it's probably ah, it's not super okay. important. So you're Harrison. Yeah. Harrison, Harrison, Harrison. Mm-hmm. We have never really hung out. Yeah, I feel like I, there's like a... I know you pretty well, but when you're in the coalition community, there's a sort of this never spoken amount of how much you know someone that you're almost required to know people a little bit more than you would like an average person in the world. Mm-hmm. To consider yourself close to them. Yeah. So, like, I know a lot about you, and I know enough to be, like, if you were someone from high school, it'd be like, oh, we're cool, and we're friends. <laughs> but I feel like, on a coalition standpoint, I don't know enough about you yet. That's, um, that is definitely an interesting thing. It's, uh, and it's not for any reason other than being a part of this community, you're just so busy. Mm-hmm. And, like, 
You you don't go out to a lot of like late night adventures. Um, not not to immediately just start calling you out. The um, the I don't the, I don't know you very well is one of my favorite things to do because I feel like it immediately tackles the any potential feelings you might have towards it. Where it's just like oh my gosh, oh, yes. pity yes. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's more just like that's kind of how sometimes it unfolds. But that's why when you were like I want to do the show and I'm like yes, you are the you were you you when I first started doing the show it was to get to know people that was yeah. one of the, one of the oh, benefits. Oh cool. <clears throat> I mean I wanted to do my own show and everything, but like. I didn't ever know anybody who was on my show. My first show, mm. my first like ten episodes were like my one hundred and one class and like Clatterbuck, and then me and my. Oh, friend you Tom. started it in one hundred and one. Yeah, my one hundred and one. Wow. My first episode was right before one hundred and one. Mm-hmm. I think my second episode was like either the week before my class or the week after my class, or I might have driven straight from Charlotte, which is my, where I was visiting my friend Tom because mm-hmm. we did it at his house. Um, from Charlotte to my class, but then my th- my third episode was a student for my one on one. It was like week two or week three. That's and then cool. One on one, one on one, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, honestly, like my my journey through improv is recorded. That's what I was gonna say. Like, yeah. it kind of feels like I, I'm thinking about that idea. Going, I wish I had that sort of documentation of my gro- going through all the classes, starting at one on one. I will say that uh, my kind of one of the things that is very very funny. Oh, Millie. You're Do just, we not want her to touch this because it'll make weird stuff happen? She, she just won't stop. Oh, okay. She's, I love her. She's a very loving cat. <laughs> but there's a time and a place. There's a time and a place. So, like, one of my favorite things that I've noticed just now by thinking about it is during my 201 class, mm-hmm. which is Characters and Emotions, yeah. I was very emotional. I was oh. very emotional. It was probably my least favorite stretch of episodes on my part. Oh, in the podcast, not in, in the, the podcast. Class. In the podcast Ooh. world, those were some of my least favorite episodes, not because of my guests, but because of my participation. I was like, I'm not bringing it. Like, this is a rough time for me. Mm-hmm. And I was going through, like, shit or whatever, but, like, it's just funny to think about, like... Yeah, it would probably suck if you're going through something like popping your tire and then, like, popping your tire and then, like, popping your tire. That would and suck. then losing 75 cents in the air machine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was my day, Harrison's filled yeah. in. So yeah. I was drinking so intensely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we had a, a sip of vodka. We're like fucking hammered, bro. <laughs> I don't know. I think Joe was the only one. He brought whiskey to drink, mm-hmm. but I'm a like kind of a bitch, and I just can't. Alcohol to me is still so mm-hmm. foreign. So like, well, I don't. I'm not a huge fan of like having to take a shot. I'm like, I, when I could drink beer, uh, I drink a lot of IPAs because you can sip on those, and people can't really tell you to chug them because it would be miserable. Chugging an IPA, yeah, yeah. Being the, being the, being someone who's a slow beer drinker, like when people are ready to leave, like having uh, having to chug like whatever I'm drinking is always just like this is not meant to be. It's, it's just gross. Like what what part of that is enjoyable? The, no, oh, I'm getting fucked up. <laughs> it's it's actually not bad when it's like a light beer or a PBR, maybe. But I can deal, I can deal, I can deal. But I don't usually drink those beers when I did, and I'm just realizing that I might be able to drink others because I tried a gluten free beer and I didn't destroy my stomach. Are you are you gluten intolerant? I think something. I don't know what it is. There's so I, many different ways to be allergic to it. I know it's not celiac. Mm-hmm. You'd be but, dead. Yeah, but yeah. What? Uh, that's a completely left turn off of that. But I was waiting for like a moment to left turn. Oh, refocus. Cool. What? Uh, what got you into creativity? What was your first bound into creativity? Creativity itself. Creativity. Go starting broad. <sighs> well, my mom's an author illustrator of children's books so you come from a creative type yeah we we like to say she was born mildly artistic 
But it, really, it was kind of mostly because comedy is what shoots out to me as something that I really love more than just creativity. Yeah. Um, I think I grew up with a couple of brothers and our expression of creativity was to quote movies and stuff and flip what each other say and kind of just like this wit battle of all time at all times with sarcasm and wit being the focus. And that was kind of a unspoken way of getting to be comfortable with each other. Sure. I mean, we were always comfortable. It's just, that was how we communicated. Yeah. Was through repeating something from the movie we saw a month ago over and over in a way that was creative and met the situation. And I think improv is a really cool way to kind of expound upon that. Sure. And do better. I'm here to put comedy under the creativity umbrella for sure. Oh, I've always thought it is. I think it's more, well, creativity is art in a sense, but I think comedy is one of those things that's oftentimes looked upon not in an artistic way. Uh-huh. Like when somebody says, oh, I, like I love watching stand-up comedy and looking at all the parts of what John Mulaney did and how he pieced his joke in a way that it's so easily deliverable and he delivers it so clearly. And then I take it apart and usually the people I'm with who are watching it are just like, you're not, that's not how you're supposed to look at it. You're supposed to just enjoy it and think it's fun. And I like taking it apart and going, did you, can you even understand how much, how more difficult it is to piece this, this delicately together? It sounds so easy and fluid because it's meant to. And finding all the secrets behind all that stuff is so much fun for me. Yeah. I, um, it's kind of, it's a peek behind the curtain. You're learning how the trick is done. Like Mm -hmm. it does kind of take you out of being able to just enjoy it. And it puts you into more of a, I want to, I don't want to say like, I want to learn how to do this, but like, I want to learn how it's done. I want to learn how the sausage is made. I'm still going to eat it, but I'm going to eat it way differently. I'm not just going to shove it in my face. I'm going to be like picking through it while I eat it. And improv is helping me look at other parts about it, but I was always dissecting stand-up comedy from uh-huh. like an earlier time just because it just seems fun to me. Dissecting stand-up or stand-up in general? Dissecting stand-up comedy and like the jokes and like what must he have thought the timing, to create this and the how timing to get there and I, how a joke sometimes standalone is nothing it's it has to be built up to it has to be, it has to be, it to be funny in a, in a series oh my gosh yeah i feel the same way i remember um i someone taped one of a video of bo burnham doing a song mm-hmm. before it was like ready to be put out yeah it was the uh i think it was the country song mm-hmm. it came out like in his last special yeah i saw him live i think two or three of those times. So I, that was one of the ones I saw live. So I feel like you can understand like he's like anytime a comedian is not doing like a special, like a special tour kind of thing. And we're talking obviously like bigger comedians, they're mm-hmm. working on their jokes. They're workshopping and trying to figure out how it can be like funny. And even you're kind of, even with the people who aren't bigger comedians, they're almost always working on their jokes. Yeah. So you're still it's, right. Yeah. Um, whether or not they're working towards a special, I guess I'm more mm-hmm. speaking. Um, in, they're, they're still refining something that of course. at one point they're going <laughs> to, hang up as an artistic piece. I'm not here to take away from the comedians that are on Netflix or <laughs> above. You know what I mean? But like, you get what I'm saying where it's oh, just yeah. like, um, so I remember the people were, uh, on the like comments of the video were all upset. It was like a Reddit post and they were all mm-hmm. mad. They're like, why would you do this? Like he's working on it. Like let him work on it. And he's ready to release it. And I was just like, this is before I even, this was like three years ago before I even like lived here. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was just like, but I want to see it. Yeah. And even at the time, I was, like, still into stand-up, and I really liked the idea of studying it. I didn't break it down as much as I would, like, now. Because, mm-hmm. like, you know, like, um, I had the time and energy to do that. 
But whereas, like, when I was in college, I was just like, fuck, I was just like, oh, like, it's funny, haha. <laughs> Brian Regan, who is still hilarious. I'm not I saw him live, too. That was really cool. <sighs> All right, we get it. You see people live. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I love the idea of them workshopping jokes and, like, hearing versions of it that aren't as good and then hearing how it got there. And you're just like, whoa. There's a, there's a documentary of a really good comedian, Tig Notaro. Mm-hmm. And basically it talks about one of the most amazing specials she released that she basically wrote in a day. And then all the build-up process, and it shows all those steps of, like, jokes that she delivers, and they're good. And, like, it shows it on its next leg, where it's, like, a really good second draft of the joke. And then you see it in her performance, and it's, like, way stronger, and you wouldn't have expected it. So are you saying, let's say there are six iterations, it's a 60-minute thing. Every 10 minutes you see the set... Day one, day seven, they, day they, fourteen. Well, well, they kind of put it through in a number of ways, and you Wait, don't see is, every stage of every joke, but you just get snippets of where they like midway how this joke is working. And am I kind of right when understanding what you're saying though? Mm-hmm. Here's day one. I'm writing a whole whole special. Day one. Mm-hmm. Here it is. Then day seven or whenever next next iteration a week later. Here it is refined. Yep. I've practiced it for five nights in the past week, mm-hmm. and then etc. Until it's ready for TV. Yeah, they never things. show you the whole set. But yeah, but it's like but little pieces. bits and pieces as it's building. Okay, mm-hmm. that would be really interesting. I also want to see the one I just described where they do like I want to see the comedian write a joke and then like watch it. Like you grow. can actually do that in Richmond, and it's really fun. Yeah, yeah. Going to certain open mics because the Richmond open mic scene has a ton of comedians who are keep who keep trying to do new stuff, mm-hmm. and they often go to a bunch of mics a week and try the same jokes over and over and. A couple of them, I know some of them were working for a year or two. And when you hear what they were, there's one, I don't remember who it was or what it was. I'm trying to remember. But there's someone who, they had a joke like a week ago. I think it was Pat Trick. I don't remember his last name. Boozy? Huh? Boozy? Boozy? He's teaching the stand-up Not class. Not Busey. Uh, I don't know Patrick The other Busey. Patrick. There's a different Patrick Allen? in the stand-up. No. Uh, Pat Allen. No. He's not in the improv scene, but he had this joke that he was working on and it was doing all right. It was doing all right. And then he completely like, he went in and it looked like he workshopped a little bit and then it led to workshopping of other parts of the joke and it killed so hard. And just to feel that, like when you get to watch the same person do it a bunch and then you see them improve and then do that section of work on it and it gets such a high response. It's so, it, it feels so cool. Than just hearing the joke once and being like, that was an amazing joke. It's great. But when you see it bloom, it's even cooler to me for some reason. So you always love stand-up. Mm-hmm. What else, I guess, early years? I want to know. I'm so curious. Like, is, is it just, has it just been comedy for you? Like creativity? Well, I Not- took an art class in VCU and I've drawn a couple of times just from observation. Mm-hmm. And like that's I think one of the things we had we had to take for the Da Vinci Center program, which yeah. is a program in VCU, you take engineering and business and arts all together and you make a major out of it and you have to take one of the classes in the other disciplines. Now the other classes the other students for because I'm in engineering, they got to take, you know, you know, get an introduction to engineering. We had a professor who I think they didn't want to do it a year <coughs> after the year after we had the class only taught 400 level art classes from VCU other than this one. Yeah. He expected three to four hours of work every week. Uh, and then near the end around five to eight every week. 
from people who are doing other classes and using this as like an introductory level class. Uh, what is it, art for non-art majors kind of thing? Yeah, but yeah, he, yeah. he started the class going, art can be taught and I'm going to prove it by teaching you all how to draw amazingly. And it's just something that you can learn. It's not something that you have to be gifted in. You can learn how to do this. And oh. he drilled us really hard. Oh and he gosh. could tell. And there's so many similarities with that class and just improv in general uh-huh. that it makes me feel like, oh, my God, it's so easy to compare them when is it, comedy is so different. It's still so simple. The The way I've been thinking about improv lately, is it kind of like a tools on your tool belt kind of thing? A lot of people have been saying that to me about improv. but Oh, you don't believe it? I do, but no, I think... No, tell me, tell me. Well, the main thing... Well, that wasn't the focus I was thinking of, but more just, like, observation is so important. It is. And once you learn how to observe in different ways, and maybe that's more or less like a tool. I, was, you, I didn't want to say you, it, but yeah. How do you observe <laughs> this, and then how do you take it in and digest it and put it out in a way? And that's mm-hmm. probably using a tool to do it in different ways, whether it be a pattern, whether it be an inspiration into another thought. Safety goggles kind of thing. Yeah. For calling them tools, like they're your goggles. You just put them on and like use them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, so so art, so drawing was, was more of a, how are you seeing it? How are you going to put it on paper? Yeah, because he really teaches you how to, there's a whole bunch of it that's just, how do I observe that and not just look at it? How do you take in the detail and reference different sizes and then figure out how that looks, whether it looks realistic or not? Like the folds on a shirt, if you try and draw them, they look real stupid. Yeah. But when you get them all together, it looks realistic. Huh. And so I think a lot of that attention to detail is what you... I tried to figure out how that applies to improv, and it is a lot of how are they standing? How are they sounding? Oh what gosh. are they saying? What are their... Can like I, little quirks of their new character they're trying out. Can I, that was you. Can I can I throw something to you that I learned in a, the Terry Withers workshop? Ooh, yeah. Um, he was talking... He, he, it was more about instinctual improv. <clears throat> that was like the whole point of it. It was like, let's not think about things. Let's just do or whatever. Yeah. And uh, there was one section where we were like... I'm trying to remember exactly what we were doing. But the idea was to find the game very quickly the, the scenic game mm-hmm. or maybe the personal how the personal games bridge which i feel like is the scenic game but find that and then focus on that so like one person would say a line and the only thing that that person can respond with is that line basically like working out that line mm-hmm. and i don't remember exactly what happened but i think it was the first line was something like i don't think or whatever and I was looking the, the I was I thought I was quick. I was like, oh, I found the game. It's whatever he doesn't think it is. Like that's what it is. No, he's this dude's like, yo, the game is the doubt. The game is the doubt from the moment he says, I don't think. And I was just mm. like, how did you think to find that? And I feel like that's kind of what you're saying. Where it's, it's just the like, observation where he's ob- he's able to see, see more from just the minimal more. amount. And yeah, I, I I may be wrong. I may have only found the game on the third line when he came back around to like responding to what the person responded to, what he didn't think about. I don't remember exactly what it was, but I just remember no one thought that. And then he said it and we were, I was like, holy shit, the doubt, that's the game. The doubt is a game also that makes it so much simpler. It's so simple. And it's all about observing and being, I don't know, just looking for that. And I feel like that's what you're saying. Yeah. Just wanted to throw that out there because that was immediately. That's true. And I, (laughs) even you saying that makes it just realize more about how. I want to learn how to look in that way. Yeah. Because oh, it's so difficult to, it's, it's, there's so much to learn in improv, but you explain that all together 
and then to try and even address the issue of how do I learn how to do what you just did? Mm-mm. I can't imagine how you do How do I use this tool? I know <laughs> do, what it is. How do you, so I saw you do it, but I don't know how to do that. Yeah, because I can tell you doubt, and then you'll go on stage and someone will, someone will say something like, oh, yeah. I'm very excited about this new job I got. And the first thing you think of is like, the game's excitement. Uh, but what does that mean? What do I do with that? I don't know what to Is do that with that. Is that the game? You're so excited about something. Can I keep exciting you? Or about the job? Can I keep bringing up the job? I don't know. The way he did it was perfect. I mm-hmm. can't explain it because I don't. I, like you said, I don't get it. Yeah, and then there's often times where people are like, "I'm so excited," and then it's like it's not about the words even. It's about the impression that they give in their voice and how they feel. Mm-hmm. And but, he's but picking about- up on that. On probably he might even had a hint. He might have had an idea of what it was about. The game was about to be when he just said the first word, just on the way he said it. Exactly. And that's where I'm like, bravo. Yeah, and that's where I think... <laughs> that's, where, that's where it becomes such an artistic art that you're just like, wow, look at that artistic talent. Yeah, I feel like... Yeah, and that, that's kind of what you're saying with art, with, with drawing, mm-hmm. which is like, this is all about how you observe things and how you yeah. do them. And how you do them as a full thing. Like you said, mm-hmm. you can't just draw the wrinkle, you have to draw everything. And it became so interesting because before taking that class, when someone said... If someone had told me to spend eight hours drawing something, I know I would draw it and then erase it and draw it and then try again and draw it. And it wouldn't be spending eight hours. You'd be spending 10, 15 minutes, you know, several times. But it's like getting into just this corner of this, like, or just these rings on the side and just focusing on that for an hour and then going to this. That's how you spend... Like, you focus on one minute detail of the candle or someone's shirt, just like the sleeve, for two hours, and then you get to the next part. Oh, wow. And that's, like, how you... And I was like, whoa, what? And it was crazy. And I remember working on the last project, which I have on my Facebook as one of my profile pictures, was, like, this hand holding cards, and I was staring at my hand in the dark and and drawing so into it that I couldn't see the whole picture because I was so close to the paper. Mm. And after like three hours, I looked back and I was like, whoa, it actually looks similar. <laughs> and you don't even believe it yourself. Try to pull it really out cool. on my phone. <laughs> I want to see the, the hand that... Hand that feeds. Well, it was, it was a hand holding a deck... or a hand of poker, I think. Can we, uh, can we talk about your Resident Ghost picture? Oh, it's fucking awesome. It, uh, it makes... So there's like a very big difference in the way. Oh my god, you drew that? Yeah, it was really it was, that class was insane. He drilled the hell out of us. Every you day. wow. And the thing that I'm impressed by is not like drawing that is cool, but the fact that I couldn't draw super well before that is what was really amazing about that. Teacher. I wish he had made you draw. Like do this. Like all I'm gonna do is draw picture. I have a comparison. Oh, I didn't do. post it up. Why would I post my terrible drawing? Because then you could post the good drawing and be like, yeah, this is how I prove grow. You without a beard is weird. Yeah, I'm actually going to shave this probably pretty soon. Matthew and I were thinking about trying to be funny and shave at the same time. Mm-hmm. See, people like get confused. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I'm <coughs> I feel like I'm so attached to like having something here that not having something here would be weird. I tried shaving mine before, and my girlfriend wouldn't touch me. For really? Me. Well, more as jokingly. She she dealt with me, but she thought I looked creepy, and would it would it would unnerve her. Is, do you think she's going to listen to this? Uh, if I let her, 
I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> she won't because she doesn't. If I if I post like if I play it in the house, then she'll probably listen. Are you gonna play it in the house? Probably. I'll probably have her listen to it because she'll probably enjoy it. I love that people listen to their own episodes. I've never. I think I just want to listen to the podcast. I don't think I'm gonna go home and wait for it to air and then listen. I think I'm gonna go home and you told me where the podcast airs on like your website and yeah, yeah. on iTunes and I probably want to start from the beginning. I'm a huge fan of starting from the beginning. There's there's going so through. many here, there's so many hours. You said like fifty, right? Fifty episodes, the first twenty two were two two plus hours long. Okay. I got through I think almost hundred and fifty episodes of Dan Harmon's podcast. Do you do you what do you do for work? Do you get to like listen to stuff <laughs> all day? I work from home for GE. So do you get to like Yeah. Okay. Then that, I get to do whatever little... I want. So I could feasibly listen to nine hours a day if that's what I'm While working you on. Work, yeah. Yeah. I used to I, I had a data job where I would I would do that. Mm-hmm. So I that's possible. But if you had to do it in like non working hours, like I would have to now like don't yeah. do it. But I'm also, I'm never, man, it's always so weird. I'm like, don't listen, but don't. But I, I don't. You don't listen to your own podcast? I have listened to Most less, less than 10. Less than 10. And that was because the first seven, I think I listened to. No, no. I listened to the first three. And then I listened to number six. That was Matthews. But I listened to that months after it came out, once we started hanging out more. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> so you listen to Matthews and you're like, I'm going to hang out with you for a while. And they're like, wow, I wonder how this guy used to be on my podcast. No, it was more like uh, <laughs> we were hanging out. I got to make sure I don't forget something you said you told me. And it was uh. on record. I got to make sure I'm caught up. <laughs> um, and then I've listened to bits and pieces while like on the rare occasion I have to edit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I can't listen to them. Do you edit it a little bit of like where it starts? Yeah. With this one, because usually I have the chance to start it and then answer the door. Oh. So, like, I miss, like, a couple precious seconds uh, of us talking about how nice my home is. Yeah. That was yeah. The, that's the reason I start the way I start, because... Because everyone compliments your home. Everyone comes in. No, I don't be like that. But usually the, they would compliment the setup, because, again, the arms, yeah. they'd be like, oh, yeah. yo, this is a real setup. And I'm like, thank you. So, so for podcast listeners, they didn't hear our whole tavern analogy or is that on there they as soon as i walked in i pressed record. oh cool, cool but then yours was muted i think oh so they only got like you from far away and then like, i paused it for hear my wispy seconds. raspy voice you don't have a wispy raspy voice well from far away oh from far give, it a, away. give a little mystique yeah um i probably should check to see if yours was muted uh but yeah no i don't listen i can't i can't mm. I, I can't do that i can't watch myself do improv really have you watched yourself do improv? Oh, I hate it. I can't. I won't. Like, but I feel like it's one of those things where it's like, that's the thing that drills into your memory what you want to improve on more than anything. Probably. Like, if you if you watch yourself do something and you're like, I wish I did that better, watch it again. Make that <sighs> make that creep on your back and make it push you to do even better. God, that just, that just, I feel like I would never want to do improv again if I watched myself do improv. Mm. I feel like that would ruin it for me. There's a, there's, Patrick Gantz put our, my 401 show online and told, I think, Anthony, and then I found it there, and I am absolutely terrible in it, I think. Well, I'm, I'm going to go watch it now. I, I can send Everyone you the link because it's not easy to find. Oh, please do. Everyone should go to Improv Does Best. <laughs> but I, the show was so Not good. Common. It's just we had like was 11. The, oh, yeah. You had a lot of people. We had so many people, so I didn't I've, jump in much. And what my only really unique move that wasn't just supporting other people, which is my favorite thing to do anyways, is support oh, people. We'll talk about that. Um, 
it was like just a stupid floundery. I was trying to be like a stupid kid, and I think I nailed being a stupid kid too much. I just felt like an idiot watching myself. Also, the back of my hair, I've been trying new haircuts to try and fix it. It was like a weird like alfalfa curve. It's always doing that. And I hate it. And I'm trying to figure out, I'm actually trying to grow it out into like a a little bit of a tiny bun. And then I'll get like a cool Viking look. Like I'll shave the sides a little bit more, not all the way flat. Huh. And then it'll be in a little bun, so it won't be annoying. I've never once me. looked at you with the alfalfa hair and mm. thought, man, he looks bad. Oh, it's it's a style. It's a trend. No, it's just you. <laughs> it's like it's a natural thing that you, you have. I, it is. It is something I fight every day because it's the, the swirl on the back of my head. And my twin brother has the same thing, the other direction. I, I would say that um, you do what makes you feel good, but me and every listener out there... We just appreciate you. We Aww. don't worry about the little. We don't worry about the little like. Bing, but I always, I, I always notice and I always laugh. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I'm. I, I don't. I'm not self conscious. Well, I guess I'm self conscious, but I'm not worried about other people. It's something I personally want to do for myself. No, no, definitely. Is, is just get that into something that looks something that I'll appreciate. I wouldn't. No, I mean that's the battle, right? That's mm-hmm. the whole. That's the whole life battle. Yeah. Um, support moves. Mm. You're a supportive player. I, f- I love supporting. I've been told I'm a very supportive player. Oh, I think I believe that. I believe that I'm. I believe that that's what I go on stage with. I'm like I want to support my my team. Is it also something that like for me it's something I'm super comfortable in. There's I'm nothing way, that I'm more confident in than supporting a player. I'm way more confident supporting than starting my own scene. Yeah. Every time I start a scene, I'm like, this is a mistake. Yeah. But if I'm second, even. More so being, like, third, but mm-hmm. being second on stage, or even, like, fourth or fifth with, like, different kind of beats, but, like, I feel way more better just being, like, how can I make your starting move? Well, there's, like, and there's a few times, like, in the second 401 show we had, I was told by, like, Adrian came up and was, like, thank you for supporting by doing that tertiary move. It made my day. Because I thought the scene was going great, and I loved it, but she was like, I felt like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this, and then you walked on, and I felt like everything was fine. Yeah. Because I did a really goofy, stupid move that then became copied by the rest of the team, and it was just this really, <sighs> ah, whenever that happens, you just feel like, we got it, we got good, it. we can go, we can nap yeah. in our in our head. It's like a metaphorical, like you just take like a relaxing, like oh, this is fun now. Yeah, we can just have, we can just be in this moment. Yeah, yeah, 100. Mm. percent I um. Yeah, I often find I don't know, man. I just feel like supporting for me is the way I enjoy improv. And there's so many times where someone will do something really. The best word is bold, but just I like it when they're more strictly weird and just just off the wall. And I can just I know for a fact that is a hundred percent acceptable to run on there and do the same thing with them. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite thing. But y'all do y'all do a format that really doesn't give you a lot of like. I picture these a lot in montages. I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't see how. I don't know what name your format. Our format is. Um, the ghost. Resident ghosts. Uh, close quarters. Close quarters. Yes. I. Uh, I don't. It's it's a stretch of a format. It's a really it's a really format. So I'll and say we don't follow it strictly. Good. You should because do. You there's should. a stricter interpretation of it. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> looking online and with Elliot, he was really into the format, but. There's a, he looked it up and there's a team that said, yeah, we practiced for, you know, like eight or nine months before we started performing this because it's an insane format. And y'all had a month. 
We had two, I think. Two? I don't know. Well, I guess I guess we did perform a little earlier in at March, the, at right? At the uh, student showcase. Student showcase. And I think we had two months, but the first week was probably like nothing happened for a lot of people, mm-hmm. and then like the first the first meeting was a meet and greet. Okay, fine. But did I did you hear anything about how Elliot um, had our first real practice turnout? No. Oh my god. It was one of the things that I felt like was just really exciting. We went down into the the bottom of the coalition, and I think we were in the th- second room, third room? Small room? Not the small room, the second room, I guess. And I got there early, and Elliot was up there and said, uh, actually, like, uh, I'm actually not going to be able to make it, so just uh, someone's going to come help you. Just, just get downstairs, get ready. And I was confused by that because he said, like, get there on time, I'll be there. And I was down there with Michael, I believe, looking around, and he had set up all these sticky notes and said, don't, don't read this. This is for Harry and um, Kim, and this is for this. And they had, like, all these jobs. And we had to do basically a escape room-like setting where we each had our own sticky note from the beginning that we don't... Sh- I don't know if it said not to share with people, but we kept it to <laughs> ourselves. And mine was to just be kind of lethargic and not care about anybody's opinion and stuff in the room. And... Kim was had to be a like a ridiculous witch character that was really eccentric, and everyone had these separate roles, and then we had to figure out all these things to do. We had to prank call Casey. Kim and I had to walk outside and prank call Casey was one of the most memorable ones I had to do, was go outside and, in character, I had to like prank call her but not care about it, and Kim was being all excited as this crazy witch lady, and she pretended to be a child as a crazy witch lady, and was like, he locked me in the trunk! And I'm like, don't listen to that, it's no big deal. (laughs) We have a pizza for you if you just come and get it from outside. And she's like, I didn't order a pizza. And I was like, well, you should come outside and get the pizza. And it was just like, that was just a piece of all this other chaos that happened. And when we did all the stuff together, and one of the things was we wrote a letter on the board to each of us wrote a letter on the board to make our new name. And the last thing was the key to the, the coalition special bathroom, the one in the back that's locked is underneath all of the mints in the mint jar. Go get it. And let me back out. when they had mints, back when they had mints, go get it and let me out. And he had locked himself and given the key to someone else to hide in there. And he just locked himself in the bathroom and said, I'm leaving it up to them to come find me after they do all these tasks together. Jeez. And it was so much fun. Oh, my God. And Elliot. Like, and it was, I just <laughs> wanted to, like, give him props for that. It was just such a fun I don't know if that way to meet shared, people. but, like, that's... Yeah, if that hasn't, like, that was one of my favorite... Bodine didn't say things. anything about it, and I don't know if I've had another me- member of Res Ghost on. Mm. Well, it was it was one of the cool things where I was like, how... I went to other groups, and I was like, how did you start your thing? Was it something ridiculous and crazy? We had dinner at, We had a little dinner at Scott's house. Oh, nice. We met his dogs and his We wife. didn't actually get around to that till like, a month ago or two. Having, like, a get-together? Uh, Kirsten got a new house. And we got together, and we'd gotten together at places, but, like, you know, at a homely environment of someone's house. Mm-hmm. And we played Mafia or something. Werewolf, which is basically Mafia. So here's here's a question for you. Mm. Are you a Harry Potter fan? Ooh. It's okay, I, it's okay if you're not. I do like Harry Potter. I have plenty of opinions on Harry Potter. You you not, you say you do like it. I do enjoy it, and I really like the lore and the, the story behind it, but there's parts with, the, like, the Goblet of Fire... My thought was, 
he has a mirror that he can talk to Sirius to. Didn't he have a mirror? And I yes, he did. And I'm like, what the? What's going on here? No, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. Hang on. He didn't get the mirror until uh, before he left for Hogwarts in book five, mm. and that was the thing. Was he didn't use but it, was it? Book five that it was. Book five was Order of the Phoenix. So it's after Goblet of Fire. Mm-hmm. Book five, he got spoilers ahead for sure <laughs> for Harry Potter. You for see. Harry Potter spoilers ahead. Anthony, I know you're not going to read the books, but whatever. But he's um, like worried about Sirius. He can't no, contact no, him. He's no, so that, that, that was that, that was a thing. He forgot about the mirror. That was written what? in as a that was a thing. It wrote that he forgot. No, it, it didn't really look Harry's one about the mirror, but like it just didn't mention it. And so yeah, you're mm-hmm. thinking the whole time you have the package that he gave you. He didn't open it. You didn't know it was a mirror. Oh. He didn't open it. He didn't know he had a mirror. He just had. He didn't open. Sirius handed him the mirror before Molly saw it. He said she wouldn't approve if she knew that I was giving this to you. So he just mm-hmm. shoved it in his trunk or his robes, and then in his trunk. Oh, and, and he didn't then, open it because she wouldn't have approved or some weird stuff like that. Yeah, because because she was very nervous about him as a parental figure because he was mm-hmm. like not a good influence, and also, um, you know, Harry was Voldemort was back, so like it was scary time. She was freaked oh, out. Boy. So then. Sirius dies. Mm-hmm. That makes more sense. So then the mirror, he's like, oh my gosh. And then he realizes and he throws in his trunk and breaks it. But then in book seven, Aberforth has the other mirror because he got it off of uh, Mundungus. Mm-hmm. And then he, and that's how he gets sends Dobby to them when they're in the Malfoy's basement, saves yep. them, Dobby dies. Mm-hmm. Boom. I don't, think, I don't know if she planned all that, but I do know... It does seem like a plot hole, but also when you think about him forgetting, it's that's kind of just more crushing. It's more real. It's more real to be like I had this chance. If it was like all stitched together, is like well, I had the mirror the whole time. So it's I just more called like him. I never would have went. To, you never would have went to the par- department of mysteries. Never would have pulled the prophecy. Never would have put the uh, events of six and seven in the place because I mean, Voldemort was obsessed with the prophecy until mm-hmm. it was broken. He didn't hear it, so he thought he knew all of it. Yeah. So then he focused on uh, what was it? Book six. He was focused on. But it, it ends up like you're explaining. It's not a plot hole. It's a. It's just an interesting. It's a weird way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely not a plot hole. Hmm. Um. So the point of my question, not to just I, I read oh, yeah. the I read the books a couple weeks ago. Every three years I reread them. So. Oh wow! Yeah, and I just finished them, and it was very I read a little bit more on that, but not you, that specifically. But go on. Um, so I on Gretchen's episode, which so have you listened to any episodes? No. Interesting. Okay. Um, please. Oh yes, I've um, never tried this too, so we're gonna try this one. Try this one together. Uh, we wanted to assign the different house teams. Uh, oh, houses! <laughs> She's talked about this. <laughs> I think I might have. I think we, I might have made it, made sure it was brought up. Oh uh, uh, well, no! Gr- yeah, Gretchen has talked about that. Out, like at Cezanne all the time. So I want to get your opinion. I forgot to ask Bodine, and I think you're the you're the second person on Resgos I've had on the show. Uh, I don't know. Like I've always felt like. Did she say we were Slytherin? I'm trying to remember. Um, I think I don't want to tell you what she said. I want I want to hear what you think first. Well, it's hard because I don't. You don't get to see all of them. That's fine. But, like, do your best. Yeah, I, I know a little bit of all of them, but I have difficulty assigning other groups. But I think... I do like the idea of us as Slytherin. Yeah. I, I've always... And when she was deciding stuff, she was like, I don't know who everyone else is, but I think she says, we're Gryffindor. And I'm like, well, I know that we're not Gryffindor. Yes. I feel like we're not Gryffindor. We're not, like... We're not soaring to save the day in a team <laughs> sense. But I, I, do, I do like the idea that we're Slytherin because... I don't know. I don't know what it is about, but it's like this pursuit of knowledge and all this cleverness. Something around okay, there. Okay, so so just understanding that this isn't like a... You're not saying anything about anybody. Oh, yeah. Give me the rest of them. Um, Jensen is... 
You guys are Slytherin, that's what you said. Yeah, I do, you guys like, are... I do like that idea. I'm trying to just get all of them in my head. There's Rodeo, Rodeo Detective. Detective. And in my head, it is so obvious. So obvious. I feel like there's no room for debate. I think Hufflepuff I think... is Rodeo. Okay. Uh, I, th- I think Gryffindor actually, to me, is Detective. Really? Yeah. Huh. I think there's a lot of bold characters. In and the then detective. Jensen is Ravenclaw? I guess so, yeah. That is so interesting. Uh, so my, I'll tell you mine. Mm-hmm. Jensen is Hufflepuff, mm-hmm. Rodeo is Gryffindor, mm-hmm. and Detective is Ravenclaw. We're like the, we're like the Johnson well, Jr. We, apparently everyone agrees that we're the Slytherins. Oh, 100%. <laughs> 100%. Nobody is going against that. I think we also agree that that's like, you guys are we'll Slytherin. Take it. We the like thing it. is, is Jensen thinks they're Gryffindor when they mm-hmm. are so clearly Hufflepuff. <laughs> like, come on. Rodeo is so Gryffindor. They are just, a, I don't know. I just, I feel so strongly about it. Mm. I think, and then she assigned, I think she assigned Detective Hufflepuff. Hmm. Um, which only makes sense on one count because we have more people than everybody else. Mm-hmm. That's the only way that I well, will, like justify. It. I will say, apparent uh, my Gryffindor. I know Gryffindor and Slytherin well-ish, and then Hufflepuff and Ravenclaw to me are just like Hufflepuff is. The I don't know, like fun and good, chill. And then there's Ravenclaw, Ravenclaw, who's like brains. all about the brains. And the reason I think I assign it is because we are the most patterny team. Mm. Like you guys are more of like. You guys do, um, which is funny because we don't have a format. Oh, oh we don't. Well, I, I, I accidentally thought it was the same stuff. It's not the same smoothness at all. It's not smooth, but it, the first taste isn't bad. So we, we just tried the blue raspberry. Mm-hmm. Blue That's raspberry good. vodka. It tastes like if you were a child and you wanted a shot. <laughs> um, my friend Tony, who lives in Minnesota, makes the best drink. It's like cranberry lemonade. And the pink Svetka? Mm. I don't know what that is. Probably it's the pink lemonade. Probably. So amazing. That's good. I, you run through them and you're like, I don't even feel like I'm getting drunk. And then mm-hmm. next thing you know, you're drunk. Um, I feel very strongly about my, my past teams. Yeah. And I feel like, I don't know. The whole thing is Hufflepuff gets a bad rap because in like one of the Sorting Hat songs, which I think it was the first one, it was like, Gryffindor took the brave. Slytherin took the clever, Ravenclaw took the smart, and Hufflepuff took the rest. Aww. And it's like, that's not what it is. Well, I wasn't, I just thought of them as like a chill group of people, but I they're, didn't know the, what their, their tr- style is. They're usually known as like good. Like, I don't know. It's, I feel like the, the mm. way that it's written is meant to really Would it be close to like the bond. Like they, they all stick together in a way. Yeah, kind of. Well, the thing was is so the, to get into more Potter lore, oh. uh, the house, the, the Salazar, Slytherin, Marina Ravenclaw, Helga Hufflepuff, and Godric Gryffindor, the house founders, mm-hmm. they all had like personality types. And um, originally they all had people who they thought they should teach, which was the, the, the qualities that make uh, you go into that house, you know, mm-hmm. like smart, brave, clever, and good, which are the four ways to sum it up in like one word each. Mm-hmm. But then they decided to come together and just sort people. Mm-hmm. Be like, you come here, you come here, you come here, you go there, kind of thing. Um, so yeah, so saying that Hufflepuff will take the rest is just like, yes, that's what it says. But I think that was probably before she had the idea. Do you mean like good is in jack of all trades? No, I mean like like 
like deep down they they strive for justice like justice like mm. brave is like i feel like brave and good are different yeah brave is like i uh, courageous it's like mm-hmm. uh, whatever the other words that describe you can attack great odds with with almost nothing and you can still face it yeah i don't know i've i just a lot of people like my mom's a hufflepuff and mm-hmm. like a lot of people have up and they're proud and i'm like you should be proud because it's a good house but it's just like there's a connotation and it's not the best hmm I I don't have any of those. My my, oh, what's your house? My, my, I don't know what my house is, but I don't mind being Slytherin. I think that'd be the most fun. I don't know if you'd be a Slytherin. I know your yeah. team is Slytherin. My team is, but I don't think I would be. But I would enjoy it. But I don't know which one. I'd probably be actually Ravenclaw. I would I would guess. I was about to say I would guess Ravenclaw because I don't know. That just seems like fun. I'm a, I'm a Ravenclaw. Matthew's a Gryffindor. Mm. I think Anthony would be a Gryffindor too. But uh Millie. for me, the, my Harry Potter experience has been my little brother because mm-hmm. he he had like the round glasses <laughs> and his best friend was the same age as him and had red hair. Oh no. And they they uh <laughs> both liked the same girl growing up and there's like Ooh, this that's weird that's not even a that's not a Potter thing. I yeah, they guess they don't like Hermione in the same way. Ron does. Ron does, but there's like a girl I don't mean that, I don't mean to just call you out. There was a girl in the mix who she had long brown hair too. So like it was it just bushy? how big were her teeth? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I actually don't know if I ever met her. I think she was just a person they both liked at school. I remember just to get into it, uh I called we called Hermione Heramone before yeah. we heard how it was pronounced because who the fuck knows how that name is pronounced. Mm-hmm. It makes sense now reading it, but I, that's a, I wonder how many kids were named Hermione. Oh, a lot more now. That'd be something you'd have to look up. Yeah, I wonder how many were named before and how many are named after. I want to see the stats on that. I won't look it up because I'm afraid of messing up with the capture. Yeah. So improv. How'd you find the theater? I love hearing people's theater stories I, because they're always they're always just so different off the and cuff. obscure. Uh, really obscure. Really, just like <laughs> one thing that day could have changed, and yeah, you would not be in my that's life. Exactly true. I was a dungeon master at One Eyed Jacks okay. for a few months, like maybe six or maybe even up to close to a year. Speaking, interrupting you. Can we do a coalition D and D game? I did a little bit of one of those before, and I did it with. Uh, Casey or uh, Celine Celeste 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 was Celine Dion Celeste Celine, Celine Dion Celeste who else uh, Celeste and Chris and Adrian and Josh Blua and Celeste was DMing and I thought it was super fun because <laughs> Josh Blua had like a ridiculous character <laughs> and I love it when new people play and Adrian and Chris were both brand new uh-huh. and it was. It was exciting and goofy and fun. I've only done one campaign and I enjoyed it, but it just ended. Yeah, just, like, but I've, I've had my problems and misgivings with D&D as a system and I'm trying to create my own. But more importantly, I was DMing it for a while and I, yeah. I play the rules laxly and I try and just make it fun, much like Roll for Brunch. Yep. And Roll for Brunch is what got me there. My friend said, uh, you know, they're, they're doing a D&D improv uh, show in Richmond, and I was like, "What are you talking about?" And he said, "Well, it's at the Coalition Theater." I was like, "There's a, there's an improv theater in the middle of Richmond," 
and I didn't. I had no idea. And yeah, I yeah. went that night to see the show. Oh wow! Like it was last minute that he told me, and it was like seven o'clock, and I ran to get there at eight because I didn't know which one it was. I don't know if it was the first or second show. It should but have I been sh- the second. I, st- show? I saw the whole thing. Usually, roll for brunches. Ten. Ten. Friday, so 10. I think yeah. I saw the whole show, and I was just blown away by how much I loved it. And I think I saw every single roll for brunch the first iteration. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And I started taking one-on-one classes as soon as I could oh, after wow. that. Yeah. And that was, uh, when was that? Oh, I can't even remember. Maybe in March, two years, a year? Year and a half. Year and a half. Oh yeah, so you were a couple months before me. You took the mm-hmm. class before I did. That's right, yeah, because I took 301 when you took your 401. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, um, just to tell my story again, because I don't know when last time I told it. I, uh, I went on a Bumble date. Ooh, with? A woman who I... Oh, not someone in the theater. No. <laughs> that would have been interesting. No, I went on a Bumble date with somebody who has been talked about on this show unfavorably, as she oh. deserves. Oh. Um, but she's like, let's go... Last minute, she's like, let's go see this show at the Coalition Theater. Mm-hmm. And I had never heard of it, and I'm like, okay, I'm down. And it was KGB. <laughs> That's why you'll see uh, by the door, there are three posters. There's the Coalition's first ever poster... There's KGB poster, and then there's second best last year. Because mm-hmm. that was mine, Matthew, and the theater's first shows. Oh, wow. I don't know if you got a chance to look at all the posters. We have a lot of posters. No, I kind of rushed in. Well, we were ready to get going. I was overwhelmed by the, the soothing smell. Of vanilla. Mm-hmm. My sister got me this candle. But anyway, so I went to the show. Brought I to bought you my by Jonathan's sister. Yankee Candle. Mm. That's her name. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, so, yeah, went to the show. Loved it. Was uh, I bought my ticket on Eventbrite, so I signed up to the emails, mm-hmm. got the class email, and I'm like, I'm going to do it. I didn't even have those. I learned from the intermissions where they're like, we also do classes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Hey, those work. Yeah. Those work. Do people think they might not work? I definitely didn't think they worked. Oh, well, I mean, like, I just got thrown in to see the one show I wanted, and I had no idea they took classes. Yeah. There. Well, that's what I'm saying. So, like, just, just chance. Mm-hmm. Just absolute chance. Anthony's was, uh, he was driving down the highway and I like, saw a billboard. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, I don't know exactly what the it was. The coalition got a billboard? But it was like one of those digital billboards that like changes. Okay, so they got like a few seconds of time. And he just so and happened it, to see ooh. it, signed up at like an hour later. For class. For class. For one-on-one. For one-on-one. Wow. He never went to the theater. I went to a free view. I, uh, yeah. I didn't go to a free view. I was like, this is going to be fun and I'm going to enjoy this. I think I signed up and, oh no, I went to a free because I was like, I think I was just like, I don't know. And I, I, I think I just really, I, I can't think of where I was in that place, but like, I just, yeah, I just, when I went to the free view and then I, the two classes that were there were full mm-hmm. and then they luckily added another class yeah. that ended up filling up. Cool. Um, and yeah, the rest is history. We had, I remember our first group was so fun for 101. Yeah. And it's mostly people who are still around, right? I think half or more than half, but like all of them are like really interesting people. And yeah, some yeah. of them aren't even in improv anymore, but we occasionally get to see them. And, uh, it was just a fun group. We had Angela and Joe Freeman, Joe Freeman. Oh, wow. he was in our one one He ended up having to switch to another time slot for two Oh one, three Oh one, four Oh one because okay. of work and stuff. Yeah. 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 But then we had, like, uh, James, Taylor, Alex, Kale. Oh, wow. Kill Squad. Yeah. And we, like, had other people like Victoria, who's not in it anymore, but she's, like, absolutely hilarious. I don't know why she's not back. 
because she was like traveling around the country for a while. But I, oh, after that too, we got to do a movie. Did you hear about this? Mm-mm. What? Oh my gosh. Angela and Kale kind of forced everybody after just 101. We sort of know each other and I, I give everything, uh, to Angela and, uh, who else? Kale? No, Angela, Kale was like behind helping the thing start, but Jasmine and Angela, they, they're the people who made our team in 101 coalesce so quickly. Yeah. Like I think within, after the first day, they were like, we got to get everybody on an email a chain. We're trying to get everybody to text each other and they get everybody together. And, um, I think Jasmine was like, you guys can all like, I think the second Second, Second class. class, Jasmine's like, everyone can come to my housewarming. And uh, like half of the people showed up and just, she opened her doors to all these people she barely knew to like come and have a fun time at her house. Um, and then Angela would make everybody go to babes and people like Victoria said, everyone come over to my house, which is nearby. And we went there, we went to Kale's house, but Angela was the person who was like, let's go. You're coming too. You're coming too. She's changed a lot clearly since then. <laughs> <laughs> she was, she just like had everybody coming in and uh jasmine was really big at being like being someone who's also wanting to get everyone together and she she was the first person we all hung out with i think yeah. at our house so i i i give it to them for bringing us together but closer you said the something, something about a movie yeah and then afterwards after the class angela there's a 48 hour film festival and angela uh, it's like, I signed everybody up. Everybody should come do it. And we did a 101, mostly people in 101. And we actually had Pete. Pete was like someone Jasmine knew through interning and was like, hey. And like, I didn't know him at all at the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. And he was going to come and he helped us for one scene, which that one scene took two hours to get yeah. like a minute or two. We just did Space Space Jump, I think it's called. Which is one of the one-on-one games you do where, uh-huh. you know, it's just one person starts a scene, another person comes, it's a new scene, another person comes, it's a new, new scene, scene, and then they go out. I didn't like that game. I loved it, but... I think because it wasn't a scene for us. We were all just doing the same thing. What? Oh, no, it was. That's right. You know, we didn't play that. I hated that game. You didn't play it? No, I hated that game. I voted... I was vehemently against it. It was definitely a huge heavy lifter to the first person in the scene. Because oh one, gosh. he has to initiate a solo scene uh-huh. for a couple of seconds and be okay with that. And then be roped along with all the other scenes remembering on the way back. Which in now, now is like, okay, I can do that. <laughs> but in 101, you're oh like... Oh my gosh. Whoa. Yeah, we, it, I took a 201 this time around. And uh, we were doing... A, we were doing... You had to uh, do like a physical object. Mm-hmm. And uh, you had to do start a scene that wasn't about that physical object and keep yeah. it going. And I remember, you know, like, it's normal. Mm-hmm. It's fine. But everyone, it's me and Anthony in that class, and then, like, new people. Mm-hmm. And they were like, that was so hard. <laughs> and me and Anthony were just like, oh, that was like, like a warm-up. But yeah, 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 I totally understand what you're like, saying. I feel like it's also one of those things where I'd like to do as a warm-up and do it a couple of times because it is a great exercise to get your head out I probably would enjoy it. it more now. Yeah, it's it's definitely not it's it's no longer stressing. I just I think I, th- I think I just felt like for me it wasn't I did feel like it was fun. It was good. It was, mm-hmm. it was just more like we're doing this whatever. Like the new choice was fun, and yeah. like the four corners was fun. Freeze! Oh my god, I love freeze so much. <laughs> freeze was one of the really exciting ones to be a part of. We didn't play it, but I felt just a little more freedom, I guess. Mm-hmm. I was here for the freedom. Well, afterwards we just made like a the whole we got. Um, 
we got two choices. We could either do Thriller or A Fish Out of Water huh. for our 48-hour film festival. Those were our two options. And we're just a bunch of 101 improv players. So we did A Fish Out of Water. <laughs> and the one person who was Angela's friend who wasn't in improv, we made her The Fish Out of Water. And her world just started to become improv We were already, like, hooked from just 101. We were basically going to go through the rest. Yeah. And it was, it's a, there's a movie somewhere and I could show it to you at some point. I really want to see it. It's, it's fun. It was I a really goofy, see it. weird thing and filming was super exciting. Angela, if you listen to this, get me that movie. <laughs> I can find it. I'm sure it's before it's, Harrison does. Oh, oh God. I got to work on it. It's somewhere in my emails. I hope. You have two days. I have two days. Before this gets released. I don't know I don't if she'll know. listen to it right away, but I think Angela <laughs> listens. Okay. I don't know. I always tell people when they, at the beginning of the episode, I'm like, if you listen, send my fucking e- my podcast email an email and mm-hmm. tell me. You'll hear it. If you go back and listen, you'll hear every episode. I'm like whining. Like, tell me you listen. Tell me what happened. Because I don't know how many listens or downloads are. I only get downloads. I don't get listen stats. I get mm. download stats. I don't know how many of those are bots. Oh. Do you think bots download your stuff? Uh, I 100% think bots download my stuff. Mm. Not to take anything away from Aaron Cretier. Um, her episode has over a thousand downloads in the first week it had over a thousand. Wow. And my, my episodes averaged between like 60 and 140 kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. a, a low number where it's just like, and it spiked. It, it was a huge spike. It fucked my, my, my metrics up for ever for like 10 <laughs> weeks. I just couldn't stop looking at this giant spike and then everything else was like, it's low. hard to see what you're doing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it was yeah. like. So I definitely believe bots. So I'm like, when people tell me they listen, I'm just like, I'm so surprised. But mm. like, if you do listen, you're not listening very well, are you? Because you would have emailed the show an hour ago. Yeah. Like, uh, okay, we're, we were talking about... Oh, about the movie. The last thing was she works for NPR, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And we got an award in this little movie. We got best choreography for entirely improvised scenes. <laughs> Which was funny, but the whole space jump thing, I remember there's a lot of, like, we put stuff on the ground because mm-hmm. we kept doing it, and then Keith was filming, and he was like, I don't I don't think you were in the shot, or you guys all have to be facing, and we basically ended up taking improvised notes of just to get us in the frame. Yeah. So to have that scene happen in the frame, we had to know who was here, and then we had to try and not stand in front of each other at the same time as doing a space jump after only taking 101. So it was a lot to deal with, but eventually we had like a really cool scene and it was funny. Kale was absolutely hilarious in that. From 101, like Kale, his initiation, I still laugh just as hard every time I see it. And I think I might have it memorized. With the 101? With the the movie. movie. Okay. For the space jump. Do it now. Do it now. Yes. He walks in out of nowhere and he's just like, uh, nature, the final frontier. (laughs) and i think he continues like uh who are we what something like he said something else today we explore and i I still have no idea where that came from and to me what's what's so interesting about that too is it was probably after the first hour of repeating this process over and over and over. Oh my god! And he still had like this was probably one of the best practices I've had in a point in my improv, just for getting me stronger than the day before. Mm-hmm. Because when you that whole day we were practicing improv all day, and that specific space jump we did for two hours, space jump over and over and over and over and over and over and over, nonstop like a workout. 
And for a one-on-one student, I feel like you definitely come out of that feeling like you know some more about yourself yeah. as an improv- improviser. Oh gosh, I couldn't imagine. That would be an incredible experience. But it was it was so much fun. I didn't, I didn't hate it. Like even near the end or in the middle when you're like sweating and tired and you're like, we're going to do another run. Okay, let's do it again. But nature, there's so many funny moments and to have it keep changing over and over. I want the, I want that B roll. I want to B roll too, because there's another one. There's a scene with Angela in it, in our movie where she's just at a dinner or like, like a lunch date with the other person and they do new choice a bunch. And she has so many godly new choices of like, uh, I'll just have a water. And it's like, uh, we don't have water. New choice. And then <laughs> that's like the first time that she's like, what's going on? And we basically change her world to be a bunch of one-on-one improv games that cost her until she just agrees. Oh. The whole time she's like, this is, okay, I'm just going to leave. Oh. And that's the movie for like oh five minutes. Oh my gosh. It's, and I'm, my favorite, my crowning achievement is the credits in it. And I, I love the credits. I am, I, just, so, I am so excited to watch this movie. <laughs> it's I so quick. I am so excited. But the B-roll of all the things Angela does new choice for, like, oh, vampire blood. <laughs> oh, squid ink. <laughs> oh, raw eggs. Or quail <laughs> eggs. And it was like, what? <laughs> I was. I remember cracking up, and I was trying to hold the boom mic, and I had to st- try not to laugh as hard. It was great. Angela, I call her the wild card mm-hmm. on my team. Mm-hmm. I feel like she's always the person who is just like, you never know what to expect in the best possible way. Mm-hmm. And it just, you have to be ready for it. Yeah. You have to be ready. You have to take it with a shoulder shimmy. Like, you ha- it's, it's the best. And having her on the show was really fun, too. You, that, that's when you're going to really love I mean, I miss performing which, with all the people. Angela, Taylor, Alex are all on my team. Yeah. You, you stole all, half my team. A third of my team is half your team. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you guys have Anthony, too, right? Mm-hmm. Was he in your 101? He was in my 301 and 401. He joined later. That's right. Because he took 201 twice. Mm-hmm. But he was also, like, really strong. And, ugh. I know. I know. A, I know. A, I'm on my team. I know. Well, I mean, like, whenever I... I haven't performed with him in such a long time. I think I might have performed with him once recently, but there's, like, an iconic early moment when I was performing with him where we did something really stupid, and... Ooh. Are you going to tell me about it? It's the intro to, like, a refinery Uh or something, or a lab set, maybe, and we just both got on stage, and the suggestion was red, so he was thinking like sexy roses i think or something i'm trying to remember what he was going for or like angry i think he might have been angry red with anger and i just got down on all fours and i was a bull and it turned into this like sexy foreplay it was hard to describe but i'm not surprised <laughs> to hear that that's a, that, that's that no part was, of me is like what i miss it sexy so much. scene i miss it so much uh do you do any improv that isn't like resident ghost story based you mean right now? Yeah. I did one. I, I was really uh, appreciative to Star Team when they let me come on as an alien with Kale. Because mm-hmm. I think I was just talking with Kirsten after watching Star Team. I was like, oh, that'd be so cool. It'd be so fun to like have like an alien on the show. And then she's like, yeah, you're an alien on the show now. <laughs> I was like, what? Oh and then uh, K- and like uh, Kale. Kale and I were both there talking about how fun that would be because we both love doing... Uh, I love mirroring his wild... Uh, 
mimicry of or miming he does like he yeah. does a lot of oh, stuff without sound or if he does he does extravagant God. movement so just doing something in that vein would be hilarious and we basically went back to back and stitched each other up in clothing and then were some weird alien thing that came on and it was wonderful you guys you and kale i just noticed when you were talking about kale you guys have very similar mannerisms you know that um some of definitely, I want to say if there's any similarities, it's probably because I'm trying to steal them. I, oh, I, this, is, this is something I really want to talk about. Okay, I don't feel like it's stealing. I feel like you. Well, stop, no, 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 no. You're I'm, right. I'm getting into it, and I'm gonna I'm gonna clarify your point. Um, with I, my I point. think before you finish, I 100 percent agree with I, you. Do I think I know you know exactly where I'm going? Yeah. You see a quality in someone, you're like that quality's awesome. I also want to add that quality to my mm-hmm. list of qualities, and then you find a way to make it your own quality. It's tool on your tool belt. Tool on your tool belt. And I try and take each person, and like Angela is the tool on my tool belt, and I've talked to each person. I have the Angela group. tool, the Anthony tool. Like the there's Alex Angela's tool. for Angela's for being really like excited and exuberant about something and like yeah. just wild and crazy. <laughs> um, uh, and also you have to you go to babes, go to babes. No, uh, oh my gosh, that's the classic. I heard about Gretchen. Gretchen did that impression yeah. or something. So the funny thing was. Uh, one of the first times Anthony and I hung out, we had our own bits that's completely separate from Angela's, are you going to babes? We had our <laughs> own, are you going to babes bit? Like Really? We, we had our own bit. And maybe he got it from Angela and I didn't know uh, about it. When, was this when he was in 301 or is it before or I don't, after? I don't remember. I remember mm. Anthony and I first like, started hanging out, but like, I thought that was our bit. And so when Gretchen jumped into the I Am Superman circle as you were uh, impersonating somebody, mm-hmm. she is... At one point, it was like, you're going to babes? And I thought she was doing me. <laughs> I was like, oh, gosh. But it was Angela. It was perfect. Mm-hmm. It, was, it, was, it was very flattering. She, just, just to know the history of it, she was, are you going to babes? You're going to babes in 101. Yeah. She was already that. Let's go to babes. Yeah. She's, she's the, the founder, I'd say. Um, of, are you going to babes? Mm-hmm. I'm happy to give credit where credit is due. I definitely just jumped, me and Anthony just jumped on doing this. And the thing is, is we would just repeat it to each other for like four minutes. <laughs> You go to base? Yeah, I'm going to base. Are you going to base? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to base. Are you going to base? Hey, keep it down out there. Hey, we're going to babes. We're going to babes? <laughs> going to what babes. are you doing out there? Hey, they're going to babes. You want to go to babes? Oh, we're going to go to babes. Yeah, we're going to go to babes. You know what I mean? Just like yeah. adding in new characters. And oh, man, that was yeah, the first time I, I remember I drove Anthony to babes. Mm. And uh, Michael, his friend. Oh, man. Michael Bodine or different Michael? Different Michael. Cool. Michael Ramsey? Mm-hmm. One of Anthony's, like, not... Oh, like, there's, like, all these different characters, like Taylor. Uh, I keep... Every time he says, like, oh, I, I went back to my sad character. Taylor does this beautiful sad this character. trying to... And I I want to make it one of my tools, and I've tried it before, but I need to practice it. Because it it's, it's, it's this dopey version of sad, where it's not just like I'm miserable. It's like he, he's really giving off an honest, miserable vibe at the same time of like this like exaggerated, like just flailing against the wall movements and stuff. And it's so funny. It's so... Oh my gosh! I am, I I love his sad character. It makes me crack up every time. Oh. <laughs> and then, like he said too, if you watch the four hundred one show where we had that, um, Angela came in and copied that sort of thing that Taylor did in the show oh. because it was like a move that he did. Like he's like, I'm so stupid, and then he just like hit. He 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 picked up his chair and turned it around. 
and then put it back where it was and sat down, like, for no reason. So people were doing that during the show, and it was, oh, the whole show was so good. I think, I've had a couple scenes that I think are, like, my best scenes, mm-hmm. and he's usually in them. Wow. Okay, for your team or ever? Just scenes that I've been in that, that I felt like I did, like, 100% the right move. Like, mm-hmm. there's no better move. Yeah. Like, may, okay, maybe, but, like, I don't care. Like, there's no better move. Like, that's how I feel about it. Like, I'm very confident in those scenes. And he's in, like, the two I can think of off the top of my head, he's in both of them. Mm. And, like, yeah, just big fan of Taylor. I only have one on the top of my head, and it's it was during practice. Ooh. So, unfortunately, no one got to see it but us. Well, you're going to get to tell it right here live on oh the Oh, my producers. God. It's my favorite thing. I wrote down notes of it is how much I just loved this one practice with Resident Ghost. So, what was the move? It was, uh, the suggestion was Cabin. And Nathan and uh, Kim were in the cabin. Kim's playing this like little girl who wants everything and she doesn't get what she wants. And Nathan instantly responds with this depressed dad who just wishes he could do better. I'm sorry. I wish I could be a better hunter and buy the things that you want. I'm a terrible father. And then she's like, you know, you don't have to just hunt rabbits. And I did a bear growl on the outside. After she said rabbits? After she's saying that. And he's just like, you're right. I'm going to go hunt a bear. And then I growl. And he's like, you hear that bear? I'm going to go hunt you. And this scene, like, it's exaggerated. I can picture Nathan. And it, it dies only a slight bit. And then I edited it and went on. And I'm like, I'm so hungry. I'm just a terrible bear father. And, <laughs> and then um, Michael is my bear son. And he's just like, you're did, doing the best you can. Did his eyes light up when I you don't remember said because that? I was performing. Oh my oh, god. I think, I think Michael could easily tell where I was going with this. Oh, what a move. And, I was uh, not thinking that what move. What was so fun about <laughs> it is like, I was then the bear father who was not a good enough bear father to my bear son, not bear daughter. And we had some similarities, but near the end, it was just like, I just. Like, our, his mom died, the bear mom died, and we had, like, a grievance of that, and that's completely separate. But then it goes to, like, you know what? I I haven't hunted everything I could that we could eat. There's still something out there that I could I could hunt. And then Nathan, he, he really solidified this. I'd hoped he'd do something similar, and he did it perfectly. He just went, like, and I'm just like, yeah, oh, I'm going to go kill that human. A human noise. But he does it so I can't understand it. So you can't it. understand it. So then we have this language barrier between the two scenes. And now just saying it, it's a language barrier. <laughs> it was so cool. So then uh, it went back to like another scene, another cabin down south with Tom and Kim. And Seven Tom's, Tom's going to be this like guy who's going to go hunt for because the mom really wants grandbabies. So he's going to go up and knows there's a girl up there. And he's gonna, like, maybe I'll just go up and marry her and make grandbabies for you, grandma. I'll be back. I'm a um, terrible grandson, I'm yeah. assuming. And and then uh, it goes back to them, and Nathan's like, well, I'm, I got my gun. I'm getting ready to hunt this bear. And, and they talk a bit about different uh, small things like details. details and such. Or actually, ooh, the scene before that was us, and we were getting ready to hunt them. So he, he had, like, bear claws for me, and he made some move of... And this is where it becomes really fun, because it wasn't, like a strict version of a mirrored scene where now we can also start things that they copy. And it was just this game of like, what weird ideas can we do that we can give Nathan fuel to be his thing? Like we, um, put on boat. Like he put on, he's like, I got the bow ties, dad. And I was like, good. This bow tie, it's 
reminds me of when I was a good Christian bear and did all this stuff. Or I don't remember exactly what happened, but it was it was a ridiculous scene that eventually ended up being Tom coming into there and he's getting ready to hunt and saying, I'm going to take care of your daughter now. Don't you worry. And she's just like, I'm going with him. And he's like, well, great. Now I don't have to hunt that bear. Oh, thank God. I really didn't want to have to hunt that bear. Because, like, I, that's scary. I didn't want to have to shoot him. That's terrifying. And uh, then I eventually, near the end of that scene, go open the door as a bear and go, like, Rawr! and then, like, Tom shoots me. And then, like, it's like, oh, my God. And then uh, so I think Kim shoots her dad and then starts eating him, and it's all chaos. And then we edit, and we edit back to I get on, and I restart the scene as the bears right before that scene. And I'm looking in, and he's like, look at that guy. Is he trying to take, he's trying to. He's trying to take that girl to be his wife. He's not from around here. You're a good Christian bear. I'm going to make you a Christian bear man. She's We've been good neighbors. She's a good good girl. You're going to be a, a Christian bear husband. And we're going to walk in there with your bow tie. And you know what? I'm not going to kill him. And thank God, because I didn't want to kill him in the first place. Killing a human scary. They have guns. <laughs> And then I uh, I get up there and I'm like, well, I'm glad I've been practicing opening doors with my bare hands and my bear claws. And then just as like, some weird joke, and then I open it up and I'm like, hello, we're the bears from next door. And then Tom shoots me and we restart the scene. And our, our format allows us to do these crazy bits like that. Dude, that is the best. It was so oh much fun. Oh my gosh. And, it, and I was like so disappointed that never saw the light of day. I'm so happy you told it though. <laughs> like... I always it's 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 well known that t- retelling a scene is always just like stop. Mm-hmm. But like some scenes you can tell and everyone's like I I know the people, oh I know God. how they act. I can see this. Do you know anything in the basement. Do you think anything about like Elliot's like grading style or coaching style? I do not. He gives lots of notes. Yeah. And for that one, he was like I think I think there's a bit too much plot, but really that was that was good. I I wanted to see more. I was I was hooked in the middle. Like I was hooked. I needed to see what would happen next. And just to like it was kind of like seeing. I just wanted Dad's approval, and we got it. Yeah, <laughs> it was so great. There is that vibe of your coach is your parent, and yeah. you just want their approval. Yeah, yeah, totally. Oh, oh my man! Gosh. But like we've been. He's a big note giver, though. Yeah, and, but it's perfect. No, he no, really, it's good. It's not obnoxious it's, or bad. It's, yeah, he's yeah. been like phenomenal at just helping us improve and then there's like a few times where he'll give personal notes via email to each person really and i came back with like wow thank you so much they were really good notes and i was able to kind of work on it a bit but Hmm. oh he's he's super honest and such a respectable way Mm -hmm. like he doesn't hold back anything and i'm just so glad i got him as a coach which i mean i guess i don't know what the other coaches would have been like but yeah i I don't know. I yeah, it's weird it. thinking about because we've been doing this for what it's whether it be different coaches or even just different team members. Change one thing, how yeah. does everything else change? Because yeah. I mean, everything. We're, I'm pretty. I have a loose understanding of different team dynamics, mm-hmm. and as far as being on the outside, I have nothing. I have no idea how teams work. The only thing, the only team I don't know a lot about is Resgos, and you told me a lot, so I feel like mm. I have a lot of context. But like, 
have friends that, like Gretchen and I are good friends and mm-hmm. Anthony and I are good friends and I'm mm-hmm. on Detective but like Matthew and I are good friends and Joe mm-hmm. and I know a lot of people on other teams like very closely so like I hear about like how practices are or how this goes or how that goes so like I'm not I'm not super close to anyone on Resgo so like I don't get to hear about a lot about them oh man we 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 just like it was so weird I think the first like couple of months we all got along but I remember vividly starting conversations at Saison with like four people at the table and I'd have a conversation with you and be like, uh, what are you into? Like this stuff, this stuff. And I'd talk to Nathan and be like, oh, you do role playing games like D and D and stuff. I love D and D. And then right to my right are Tom and Kim. And they're just like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> so then I turn over to like, like Tom and then start talking about stand up. And how he, cause he does stand up and like how I love stand up and all that stuff. And then Nathan's like, I don't know much about stand up. And then anything I tried to like get a group conversation on was so hard to even get even a remote yeah. level of cohesion. Oh, different. Yeah, for sure. But like there's this, yeah, there's the magic of when you all do have that common thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, oh man, it's been so fun. But it also feels like we've been talking about what it's going to be like to do regular improv after this. Cause our, our team is so different and we rely or not rely, but we have access and we use a lot of these tools that really aren't meant for improv. We do a lot of moves that don't really affect regular improv. Cause if someone's doing a scene and you just yell something out and expect to do it in another scene, you're assuming that you're in some sort of time where you're both happening at the same time or mm-hmm. we'll go back to that scene or something and it can be done in other scenes but it's really makes sense in our format mm-hmm. whereas with other formats i feel like it'd be hard and i don't want to say i can't do it in other formats but it would be unconventional your format's anything. very specific and i don't, I don't say niche but just like <clears throat> uses different tools yeah uses a lot of different tools and really wild tools aren't used at all the time that's it's it's definitely interesting because I don't I don't know why I don't know why I didn't ask Bodine about it but like have you done long narrative formats before? I did a mono scene a lab mono scene once, Ooh. and so I my understanding of mono scenes are there two at least two different types one where everyone just goes on and they're on the scene the whole time and there's one where there's one scene but people are coming on and editing and coming off and on and on that seems a lot like Res Ghost. Like, if you, like, to had to boil it down. To like yeah, we actually tried a real mono scene where it never was edited. It was just people were coming on and off stage. The edits, it, the edits are a good, really good tool to have, add to the way you all do it. I've only done the one where everyone's on stage. And I think, yeah, it was a boat scene. Mm. And I think mm. I'm also a part of uh, a group that's going to be doing the refinery with mono scenes coming up soon. Cool. I want to do more, more mono scenes. I just want to do more improv. I feel like I don't do enough. Like once classes are over, like I'm not. I'm probably not taking another class because I don't need to. I I took 401 again, and I want to take 501 if I can. But if I take another class other than 501 again, it's gonna be 201. I which took, you already did, and I bet did you get exactly what you wanted out of it? I um, I feel like there's still two more classes. And I feel like I'm gonna get more. Oh, more than you hoped for, which is good. More than I have now, for sure. Yeah. Because Jesse is such a great teacher. Did you have Jesse for two on the first time? No, I had Bob. Oh, okay. Oh, we we had Jesse and Bob. You Wait, what? Bob was a TA. Oh, yeah. Wow. So it was it was just the perfect 201, and I remember it so, like, powerfully, because oh, it just shaped our team, too. Yeah. Because that whole class helped um, get us down to, I think, a lot of scenes they want to, like, edit quick. But we got to gestate in our emotions and such. Interesting. I um yeah, so I guess that was the maybe one of the one of the that was the last one before Bob talked. Mm-hmm. 
Pop's a great tool. I think he's, he's, they're both, they both deal with uh, psychology in a way. And so when they were both our teachers, they oh. were, J- Angela had this bit where she'd be like, we're practice, we're practicing our telepathy. And like, she'd be like, what am I thinking? And we do this for, I don't know, like 30 minutes of just like, am I thinking this? And she'd be practicing it over and over. And it'd be like, okay, you're going to be gone. You're not going to make next practice. Don't worry. We'll tell you everything that's going on. <laughs> because she just felt like they were reading her mind or analyzing her. Oh my gosh. Yeah, uh, dude. There's so many talented teachers. I think I might take a class just to like, just to do another class. I want to, I want to TA. And when, when we finished 401, immediately Angela was TAing. And I was like, you can do that? Yeah, I, t- I TA 301 right after I took it. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I, uh, the goal is for, for me to eventually teach it. Yeah, I'd like to teach 301. Which one's your favorite to teach? To teach 301. 301, yeah. To take? I'd say 401 only because you get to do more. Yeah. If it's just, if, if you just do the first three, which is intro characters and patterns, basically mm-hmm. 201 would be my favorite to take. Yeah. I wanted to take 201 again, but, but teaching 301, cause I feel like I just get it. I think that's the part of improv I get. I felt really comfortable in 301, but I want to TA it a couple of times, I think, or just TA. Like, I think they kind of sometimes want TAs to go from 101 to 401. That's what, that's, that's definitely one thing they're doing now, which I think is cool. I'd like to do that too. Because I'd be fine with TAing 101, and 201's really fun. There's none of those classes that are specifically yeah, better. Yeah. Um, I remember, because I'm really math-focused, I'm an engineer, and mm-hmm. 301 has levels of algebra in there that I'm just like, ooh, sweet, sweet algebra. <laughs> and then I, I think those are the things that I love to do. And in the 401 show that we did do, the few things I did feel confident in are the setting of patterns. Because mm-hmm. sometimes it's difficult to understand, but I thrive on doing that in a moment's notice. That's something that I, I notice in myself a lot is patterns. I'm always looking for the patterns. Yeah, I, and that's I a love bit, it's just a big detective thing. Like, oh really? <clears throat> I'm not here. To, I'm not here to take it away from rodeo or Jensen. I or ghost. a lot of or ghost. Ghost is more. Go, ghost is so different. Ghost, you guys are in your own fucking section. Okay, we are. We are in a separate sector. You guys use patterns, but we like, have a tattoo of everybody's face on Tom. That is okay. Yeah, we. we I compl- I mentioned it and completely got <laughs> off of it. So, detective was the first one to get photos done, <clears throat> and uh, we got them done with by Serpa. Because mm-hmm. I wanted to, because we had, we were the first with the social media, and I was like, let's get it, let's get do, who wants to do team, do, who wants to do team pictures? And then I was like, yeah, let's do it. So we had a name, then we did team pictures, and it was like this big thing, everyone kind of dressed up, we went to like Bird Park, and like got mm-hmm. them done, and then, oh, Jensen actually, yeah, no, Jensen was the first to get pictures done. They just went like mm-hmm. downtown around, had a camera, took pictures, they were like posing, whatever. You got ours done, it was more like fancy posing. Yeah. Uh, then I don't remember what order happened. The next two, Rodeo took pictures like in the alley, mm-hmm. and it looked great. Yeah, and then fucking Tom Hall's just big nipples. <laughs> the green brick in the background is the perfect like. <sighs> I don't even understand. Slytherin, dude. Slytherin. <laughs> it was such a beautiful picture because I had only seen I haven't seen his chest at that time, so he had all these tattoos down his arm, and he's like, "I want to put a tattoo of each of your faces on my chest," and I was like. Because huh, in my head, for some reason, he had tattoos everywhere. Yeah. Like, where but are you going to find room? Where's the room? But it's just, like, purely blank slate. <laughs> perfect for, like, photoshopping our faces on there. And yeah, I think Drew is that we're the only people whose team photo none of us were in the same room for. Yeah. We sent in different headshots for it. But Oh, my gosh. Uh, I think the first... I, I it's think so the well edited. Time, he had a friend do it for, like, free for... It took him, like, a 
20 minutes or something. I feel like the first time I saw it was on Instagram or Second Best. Mm. But I, I just remember being like, Instagram. we are all... We are it all blew so, up on Instagram. We are all so different. Our <laughs> teams are so different. Yeah. Like, golly, like, y'all, and then, yeah, just... Do you know the story of... I'm, I'm, am I getting close to end here? I'd say we aim... You can go... You can get another 20 minutes if you want it. Oh, another 20? Okay, I was you thinking of wrapping it. it up in five if that's... Wrap it up Wrap it up whenever you're comfortable. Oh, well, I'm it's comfortable your, for as long as what's needed. But the episode. story of... Do you know the story of our name? Uh, Red's Ghost? Yeah, I, I, so I didn't... Because I mentioned about the escape room when we had to write something. We basically wrote weird syllables until it became Mothrakami. Mothrakami. Which is a weird name. Mothrakami. But we couldn't so, figure out how it worked, and then... I I performed three times that weekend at the student showcase. The detective mm-hmm. did two sets because Rodeo bailed on one. Oh, um, yeah. And I had my 301 class. So oh, yeah. I performed on the same night. Did you do as that? As my 301 class. Yeah. You performed. You guys opened. You wanted to open. And, uh, I, and then it was, I don't remember why. Oh, you know why they arranged it that way? I asked him, why are we doing this? And I think it was Katie's idea to be like, you're going to be doing two shows. They wanted to separate my two shows so I wasn't exhausted. And oh, I was like, that's so was considerate. Elliot 301 401. Yeah. I wanted them to do 401 301 Elliot's team. And I think the reason they didn't do that is just because 301 comes before 401. And, Probably. And that's, I think, they were just like, okay. That's but that's why they went first, just, I think it was for me, and I thought that I, was so considerate of them. I thought Elliot, I thought. Elliot wanted to go first. That, that, that's what I thought at the time. No, he's just saying, well, she's saying we're going to go first. I'm like, why? Everyone else is going last. And he's like, well, I don't know. I don't I, think he really... Uh, so what I remember is we went after you. So or he, he might have known up. that it was to make it easier on me. But I think that's the whole reason it got switched, and I was really hmm. appreciative of that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, those are some great shows. I, my best show ever, feeling like walking off the stage, was... The first show? I think the one first of show, shows? The first show Detective did, because it was full Oh, they had to bring in all the basement seats, and there were still people standing. Yeah. And it was really cold. I think it was snowing, and so you know, the whole inside was sweaty. It was snowing, and people were still, oh, wow. It was full. Like, my, fam- my whole family was there. It was full. Wow. And we killed. This- and then, like, walking off the stage surrounded by people, I felt like a rock star. Yeah, yeah. And I think our ours was the same. Yeah. Because you were there for the 301 class, mm-hmm. right? So... That crowd was big too. Big class, and I did it big twice. Crowd. And I honestly, I think I was in a slump during then. Oh, I wow. was like feeling like, how am I supposed to do this? But our our show felt so good, and that's how you got the name because Kim was. Or, uh, it wasn't Kim; it was Kirsten. Kirsten. She was the ghost of the Kim's president. She was yeah. Kim was the president, and she did some amazing work. Oh my god! Everyone was just so amazing that day. Like my favorite, one of my favorite lines is Nathan's thing where. We did a great job of something we, we've never done as good of a job that night with just switching up the rooms we were in, knowing which room we were in, and then having different people from different sections of the, the place meet each other in different acts of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when, when Kirsten met the, the president, and she's like the ghost, and, she, and, he, and someone else there was like, you know about the ghost? And she's <laughs> like, of course. How else could a, pr- a woman win presidency? <laughs> And it was, it was, it was like weird, like implying that she cheated her way to the top because no one would vote for a woman president right after all that. Oh my God. Oh my God. There was so many brilliant things. And then Nathan was like this wandering guy who just was touring the White House to see the ghost. 
and uh, he meets the last person but the ghost, and he's just like, I'm just frustrated, man. I just, I just hate, hate the, I hate this ghost. Do you know about the ghost? He's like, well, she, that, she's about the only person I haven't met. And just huh. making a joke about how huh. he's been going around and he literally meets everybody else but Except her. Does he, does he meet the ghost? No, he never meets the ghost. And I thought that was so funny to me. <coughs> but there's there's so much uh, so much interaction between different members of the the house with different people, mm-hmm. and it was a wonderful scene. I wish it was recorded. I can picture what you're saying because I saw specifically the one that sticks out is the train one mm-hmm. where y'all were basically there was like three rooms i had to thank them because they did such a good job my it was team a great supported show. the heck out of me it was a great show but the thing i noticed based off of what you just said mm-hmm. was yeah y'all were in three rooms mm-hmm. it was like the train station the back room and then the other side of the train station yeah great sets still but like yeah, do you think thinking about what you say having about the White House? The White House, they had like the white room and then like this room and they had like the Oval Office and six, they had six, seven rooms the hallway sure. and they were all like, you kind of felt like you knew where you were, even though there's a lot going on and it's all invisible. Ugh. Like the, the, the average audience member, I'm hoping, felt like, oh, I know where we are right now. I'm sure it was a lot to throw at them with yeah. the very first thing. And it was our first show. We did so much, like, to be, it's so funny to think that. For our format, something that's so complicated to grasp. You'll crush it. That we did out. a really good job doing a lot of the basic things that we have trouble with now. <laughs> Y'all were the first one to get a name, too. Yeah. that set. Yeah, a lot of people had so much trouble with names. And then after that, we had, had so many iterations of names we were voting on, but there was always, like, not a unanimous t- t- thing. Tell me, some, tell me some of them. Um, how, what was it? I, I wanted to be uh, pers- my personal favorite. That was one that someone put up that I was like, I like that one. Yeah. So then the host comes out and he's just like, next is my personal favorite. Ah. And then he just. I thought you were saying <laughs> it was your personal favorite. Oh, you got me. Yeah. But then I was like, yeah, that probably would be funny for like a lab oh, or a refinery right. where you do it yeah. once. Yeah. Um, but uh, oh, something Ward. Eternity Ward. Eternity Ward. So he said he sounded like, it sounded like it was Magic the Gathering, but also like Maternity Ward pun. Yeah, or I don't know. And it was it was close, but then the only thing I think Drew came up with was everyone was like either okay with it or liked it. Yeah. And then Drew said, "Well, if we do that, and people might suggest like hospitals all the time." Yep. So we were like, "That's a really valid point for someone where we're asking for a location as a suggestion every time." Coming from somebody who was on an indie team called Tiny Bladders, and we mm-hmm. only got bathroom-related suggestions, mm-hmm. I say that's a pretty accurate statement. And then um, Kirsten's name wasn't even Resident Ghost. After we just loved the performance, we went down. And we were just like all eight of us performed that night. That's probably one of the reasons why it was so good too. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when you have your whole team together. It feels like Magic. you're not missing out on something. Yep. And I still don't know what those things are. But anytime one person is missing, you feel like you're missing something of your team. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's rarely a time where everyone performs. Yeah, y'all are missing. Y'all are usually missing somebody. Yeah. We, are, we are too. Well, most people, had two, I think most two, teams are. Second best, I think, it was the only one that... So any... The first I wasn't show we at did, second best. Second best and one other show, I think we've had everybody. We've had one other show with everybody. <sighs> and... We just all went downstairs and was like, that was hilarious. Like, when Kirsten, when you came on as a ghost, that was so funny. And then someone was like, yeah, it was like you were the resident ghost of, like, the White House. I like how you won't give credit to anybody for saying resident ghost. I don't remember who said it. Oh. And I'm honest about that. I'm almost sure it's not me. Cast at gmail.com if you did it. (laughs) Yeah. Claim credit right now. Send me an email. Yes. I'll, 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 uh, I'll fund it. 
I'll fund a fundraiser for whoever finds out who <laughs> who made Resident Ghost. That's so funny. But the name that I wanted for our team, I wanted uh, Detective. <laughs> wow, it's it good. It happened then. <laughs> no, it was. Uh, I think the name I really wanted. Um, I think it was Detective. We did a warm up game mm-hmm. um, where you had to. I think it was you had to do a celebrity impression. Something, but the third beat of it was you do a celebrity impression doing a mundane job. And Anthony did one, and he didn't say a word for the first, you had to do it for 30 seconds. He didn't say a word for the first 15 seconds. And by the end of second number seven, like, we all knew exactly who he was and what he was doing. He was Ace Ventura being a plumber. How did you know that in seven seconds? Because of what he did. The way he did it. (laughs) The way he did it was just like, I know exactly who this is. I know exactly the profession that they're doing. He didn't say a single word. And so I was like, yo, potential team name, detective. Because pet detective kind of thing. Mm -hmm. That was my my first thought. And it was just like, that's exactly the character he was doing. And everyone laughed. We laughed. Through most of his 30 seconds, because that's why he didn't, couldn't talk, because we were all laughing so hard. Mm. And we did a vote, and it was a really intense vote. And not yeah. everyone was actually happy, but we decided to roll with the terms of the vote. Mm-hmm. Um, that's cool. Detective one. I didn't... I, I want to I wanna ask him next time I see him for a, a little snippet. A little snippet. A little snip. You have to... You have to, I you have to remind him, because I don't know... I don't know if anyone else remembers as much as I do. Because mm-hmm. that was a big... I did Jerry Seinfeld working at Chipotle, but like... That was the first. That was one of the first times I. One of our first practices in the hostel. What would you like on your sandwich? Do you want a bowl or a burrito? Or a burrito. Oh, what a bug. What a brown. I don't know what to do with those rice choices. (laughs) So many rice choices. There's just two. (laughs) What's the deal with that? What is the deal? Where's the other rice? Where's the yellow rice? Where's the yellow rice? I haven't done the Seinfeld impression on the show since episode two. Oh, wow. I want you to know that. I want you to know that. I love impressions. 50 episodes. Do you know that my, my, my obsession with impressions? I do not. I would oh. love to hear about it, though. Um, it all started with Christopher Walken. Really? Mm-hmm. You can do a Christopher Walken impression. I can. <laughs> but, to be honest, you're missing a lot. On a podcast, because there's a look in your eyes, and there's a feeling you get, the way your jaw hangs, and you snarl, the, the top of your lip, and you look deep. The soul, it's a window to the face. And that's, that's it. That's, that's where I am. As, ah. Uh, that's like my favorite impression to do. Oh my god! And I've I've worked on tons of impressions, and I really love it. Please do all of them. Um, Use the next uh, seven minutes. Seven? I can do a little less, maybe than that. Oh my god! I'm trying to remember because oftentimes I'll just try and impersonate people. I want you I'm to do this. To... I want you to do this. Impersonate anybody who you want. Mm-hmm. It could be somebody who's been on the show, someone I don't know, celebrity, whatever it is. But I want you to do it while you're plugging, doing my plugs. Oh, what are your plugs? Just like coalition plugs. Oh, plug your shows. You know that we're doing. Um, do you know, you know the September lineup, right? Sort of, not really. One, two, three, four, then five. All four teams are performing. 
Oh, on September 29th? Yeah, I know so, that we're doing that. Okay, well, we just did the plugs. But I want you to do them again in any character, and you can bounce around, you can do whatever you want, but just plug whatever you want. Plug anything you want, and I feel like that's the best way to kind of give you like a monologue to prepare. Well, first you gotta know that sometimes you gotta say certain words to get inside a character. Uh, the, the touchstone. Touchstone? Um, let me see. Um, hmm. I've tried this so long, but it's, it's been a hard time. Ever since I tried to do, uh, so you know Aziz Ansari? I have to say Aziz. You gotta say Aziz. Whoa, cool. Uh, Commotion has so many cool shows, guys. Whoa. Uh, there's, there's a lot of things. And let me get real for a second. So, um, we got shows coming up in September, and you should all go see those shows. It doesn't matter when it is. The riot, it's awesome. There's all these people. They're trying their hardest. They're doing improv. They're doing amazing. Um, (laughs) Oh, my God. That is the best Aziz I've ever heard. I'm trying to think. Oh, my. At first, I was like, what the fuck are you trying to do? And then you you find a touchdown. You're like, Aziz. Aziz. You got to hit the Aziz. Whoa. (laughs) You couldn't lose it to save your life. The thing about impressions, when you're doing an impression, sometimes, if you're not great at it, you got to do that one word that gets you in the zone. It gets you fired up. gets you going crazy. Can Can you do a Hannibal one? Hannibal Lecter? Burris. Hannibal Burris? Oh, he's hard. He's difficult. Yeah, you, you have to like really get into it. I can kind of do it, but you I kind of like, do. Um, gotta get low, and then kind of talk about. Oh, that's not good. <coughs> they say, Harrison, you can't have vodka by yourself. I say, fuck that. I mean, I can have vodka whenever I want. I just drink it in the morning instead of later, because I want people to judge me. I guess. I need a shout. I need a Hannibal shout. Hannibal, um, if you go to the Coalition Theater, people there, uh, they got shows. You should go see him. I guess. He's real quiet. But then he does that bit where like, and he shouts a little bit. They say, oh. they say, Hannibal, you can't go see shows at Coalition. Oh, Hannibal, you can't see shows at Coalition. <laughs> uh, and I say, no, you didn't watch more Hannibal. Yeah, I I, I love I, Hannibal. I only know because there's a Pete Holmes. There's a video of Pete Holmes teaching you how to do a Hannibal impression. Really, it's, Pete Holmes? I love Pete Holmes. Pete Holmes, he did that show, right? The Crashing. Crashing. Yeah. Oh man, I saw that. I used to do a little bit of Pete Holmes. He does the Batman thing really well. Yeah, the Batman. His, his videos are funny. I don't like them very much, but they're funny. They're really his, good. His show is. I think uh, the videos are sometimes goofy. Uh, his stand-up is good, but that show was really good, and it kind of gets you closer to who he is. His podcast is why I have a podcast. Yeah. Oh, wow. Cool. Uh, Who's this guy? Fresca? Huh? Huh? Fresca? Huh? Fresca? Huh? Nobody gets my Fresca jokes. Fresca? I do. Th- I did that once on stage to, mm. to nothing. No reaction. <laughs> and I was like, okay. I'll keep what this. about John Mulaney? Okay, here we go. When you're doing a John Mulaney impression, what you really got to understand is you got to stand up and walk side to side while explaining three points to your specific bit. You have to tell them this first bit, then you tell them the second one, and then you tell them this third thing that they weren't even thinking about. <laughs> um, so good. I'm trying to think of who else. There's like a couple of people I've tried. People at the theater, I try not to. I don't want to. I don't know if I want to. Do oh, that. I want you to. People who you know, like. 
I know. I'm pretty sure Dan would be okay. Dan would be okay with it. Um, because the way I do Dan is it's very important to hold a glass in front of you. But whenever I do it, if you are next to Dan, you'll notice that somehow he has it so the label is showing at all times. And I can't do that. It's not easy for me. Because I can't present it as well as Dan does. Oh my god. That was so good. Uh, but he's, he's great. I love Dan. Do you have an Anthony? Oh, I don't know if I have Anthony. I want to... I want to... Like, I, know, I know, like, a lot of fun parts are... A lot of physical. it's are facial structures and physical. I'm and enjoying this immensely. If, if you're doing Anthony, you, you kind of have to get up and... Yo, that one look was everything! Yeah, that's... I mean, that's what I mean. Like, it doesn't go on the podcast. <laughs> because a lot of what... Um... Like, that's a lot of him is... Who... Uh, just... Ooh. He just gets, like... He's the the face part. Don't let don't let the, do not let the fact that this is an audio based show stop you from doing your Anthony. Yeah. And then uh, once I was, I was with a bunch of coalition people with Drew, and uh, Drew, uh, he kind of he kind of does. It's a lot more facial than it's really like his voice or anything. He's he's just he's just a normal kind of guy. And then people were like, oh, I don't get that impression. And they looked at Drew for a second, and then he was just like. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. And then people are like, whoa! But there's so much to an impression that's facial because it's more fun to see the little little small oh my things. Gosh. And that's where it becomes, I think, impressionism is also a very big art and I only want to do it with the utmost of respect to people. But there's a lot of it that's observing the tiny features of people. And then to solidify it, it's not accurate. A lot of the impressions aren't accurate. They're exaggerated, exaggerated forms for sure, for of sure. things that you naturally maybe pick up on, but when you exaggerate them, you're like, that's something that I could have picked I up on. I've definitely seen Anthony Drew or Dan do one of those things that you yeah. said. Golly. Yeah. But like the moment you started doing the, those defining things, I'm like, oh mm-hmm. my gosh, this it's, is perfect. I, I really, I work a long and hard to do impressions, and I feel like my impersonation of people is a way of putting them in my tool belt. The thing, the thing, the, the question I want to ask is I want to know if you have one of me only because I don't know what the characteristics that I have are that would be exaggerated. I was asked the same thing by Chris Copley earlier today. I bet. And actually by Joe saying, do Chris, do Chris, do one of Chris, be Chris right now. And it's like really hard to I'm hit spot. certain things. Well, and some things just, you, you get over time that you're like, oh, I can do this, and you get closer to it. And sometimes it's hard to find a characteristic that really pops, that solidifies or like grounds your whole impression, uh-huh. which means you have to do a bunch of minor things that really don't well. Hit as hard. Huh? That do not hit as hard. Yeah, they don't hit as hard, and it's it's interesting. But like, oh, there's so many characters. Oh, like, uh, I've done one when we had our guest coach, Katie Holcomb, for our team. Uh, I did I did my, my Elliot... I don't know if you know Elliot uh, as a coach. He kind of, it's very important. The facial structure is very important. And uh, the way he kind of brings up an idea is very consistent and kind of relaxed at all times. And that's how he wants to be the face to the team. Like whenever he comes up to us and faces the team, it's always as like a kind of like a group hug after. But it's like your mom, so it's like we're not actually gonna go crazy about this. We get it. We're friends. <laughs> I don't know. He cuts my hair. He cuts your hair too. Mm. He doesn't cut my hair, but 
A lot of people. I get should ask him because maybe he could fix this stupid thing in the back of my head. He probably could. I need to get him to cut my hair shorter. Mm-hmm. It's too long on top. I'm gonna go for that Viking thing, so I I need some expertise. Well, I don't have it. I don't have it very long. He he can help you. Yeah. Uh, so who's your favorite person to do an impression of Ooh. that you haven't done in the theater or ever? Who would be my dream impression that I could do? Sure. Patrick Warburton. I don't know who that is, but this is your episode. So, it's the, I want you just to a do... guy from Family Guy who is in the wheelchair. Peter, what the hell? Oh, Joe. That guy. Joe from Family okay. Guy. So, I want you to do your goodbye as that character, and you can make it as... You got about a minute or two. Like You can mm. make it as long as you want. You can make it as short as you want. Peter. Well, I've been... I can't do that. <laughs> what's, the, what's the touchdown for it? Peter. I feel like that's going to be mine. Peter, what the... Peter... Peter. Peter. I'm not hearing it from you. Yeah, I'm going to be going to be going The thing is, it. it's like a tone, and I can't hit it. Oh, because your voice is... Too That's weird. why it's my wish. It's my dream to be able to do that someday. Okay, so what's the one that you can do? I mean, Christopher Walken. Or I've, I've tried Josh Bluebaugh before. But. Dan has a good blue. Really? Did he do it on the podcast? I don't think he did. I don't mm. think he wanted to. I don't okay. think he like. I don't think Blue likes it. Okay, well, I don't want to do an impression of people who... I don't know if I've actually shown my Blue Bob impression to Blue yet, so I won't do it until... I know I've done Dan to Dan and Drew to Drew, and I think I maybe messed with Anthony, but he's cool. He'd be fine with it. Yeah. He'd laugh. If he did it, he'd be like, I don't do that. I don't do that. I don't do that. You do that, Anthony. You fucking uh, do that. <laughs> you, you gotta have but one more one more in your belt. One more in my belt. It's something I can do that I've done before. Or if you want to try a new one. Try a new one. Um, uh, I guess we could try... Yeah, um... Yeah, it was great to be on the podcast with everybody. Uh, yeah, and uh, hosting the podcast is great, too, as Jonathan Ostawi. Uh, I'm doing what I can. I don't have much for it, but, like, great job uh, coming on here. And I basically sound like myself. Uh, it was it was really fun. I really love this little den. You got, how'd you feel about the lighting? The lighting was cool. It does this feel, is how it would have been. Oh, it's a little, it's a little dramatic. I, I think at the beginning it felt a little like low, but then once you acclimate to it, it I is think warmer. If I just move that lamp a bit. I didn't. I didn't. I, I wouldn't have any notes on it. I like it. Like it, you might have to worry about it, whether you have a candle there or not. It might change the whole dynamic. I think it might. Yeah, the candle on the side makes it easier to stare at. I was gonna say, like, I felt like it was good, but that was really fun. Do you have any any plugs? Any special shows coming up? Anything you want to promote? Uh, I got nothing. I'm see Res goes first and third and fifth Saturdays of September. I'm a simple. Oh, uh, I actually have a plug. Go to Harrisonburg and see the breakfast bus, bro. I'm a partial investor in a food truck in Harrisonburg that's popping off. Is that Tom? I oh, that was didn't mean to be. Is that, who's who's that? I just made it up. <laughs> Say goodbye. <laughs> goodbye, everybody. Thanks for thanks for the podcast. And it was really great talking to everybody here and uh, all the different people that you get to introduce to me. It was wonderful, man. I really couldn't even tell you who this is, but I'm sure someone out there is like, hey, you're disrespecting me. Maybe it's that wrestler Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Brother. Brother. <laughs> goodbye. So tight to the edge is painful, but I can't ignore it. I know they're watching as I fall, they're staring as I go. I gave up to my soul, hurt, never told them so. They're watching as I fall to someone.